This episode was brought to you by the Social Fishing Membership, Australia's fastest growing freshwater platform, giving you the resources to catch more fish. Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. Now this is a COD opening special edition. We're doing something a little bit different this time around and I thought I would do it for COD opening because it's the date, it's like Christmas for us. Uh, It's the biggest date on our calendar. We leave them alone for three months and now we're back into the COD. We can get onto the rivers and streams and majority of our impoundments, some of them we could have chased them over the spring but uh, most of them were closed so we can get back out there and we can chase COD being that trophy fish that we all love to chase. So being that coming up next, week, I thought giving a week out from that, it'd be good to release this podcast episode and talk all about cod opening and talk about things in terms of what's actually happening now. So what's happening now, what would be worth a crack just based on all the weather we've got. That way you guys can help plan your, well basically it can help plan your trips out because it is now Tuesday and cod opening is next Wednesday. So we're really starting to look at planning a trip. You might have already have planned it. Uh, you might not. You might be looking at the weather. So this podcast will come at a good time to give you a bit of an idea whether you should be heading out on the Wednesday for a session or wait till the weekend uh, coming up, whether you're getting out on whatever it is, the 4th or the 5th, the weekend, or you're getting out on the Wednesday on the 1st, um, and I myself am getting out on the 1st. It's just a it's a thing that we sort of do now. It's the COD opening uh, day, so take off a day and go for a session somewhere. So I'm actually heading out for a session, which should be good fun, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Now, in this special edition, I'm just going to talk to you guys for a little bit, but then I'm actually going to get on the line Dan Weber. I'm going to talk to Dan. Now, Dan uh, was joined me for the Copeton special podcast that we did. We did a session from our trip to Copeton. Now, Dan joined me for that. I haven't had actually had Dan on for an episode with just him yet, and he will be coming up in the next couple of months. So, I'm going to sit down with Dan, and we're going to introduce him a little bit more so you guys get to know him a bit more. Uh, but I've actually got him on for this episode for a quick 15-minute chat. Um, he will be coming up. We'll talk for a little bit. Um, so that'll be exciting. Then after that, hopefully I'll get uh, Hocko on. So Jack Hocking for a bit of a quick chat. Again, I haven't had a proper episode with Jack, so you guys might not know him. If you are a member inside our membership, you guys will know Dan and Jack because they are in a lot of our content. So I'm going to talk to Hocko about what's happening down at Mawala. And then last of all, after I talk to Hocko, I will have a quick chat with Jacko Davis and see what's happening up Jacko's way and what his plans are for cod opening. So basically, I just want to run through uh, the plans for all those three guys, what they're looking at doing. Um, Hocko's down in Victoria. Uh, Dan is based in the same area as me in southern New South Wales and Jacko is sort of in that central New South Wales region. So you've kind of got three different areas of fishing and what is happening in those three areas and give you guys a bit of an insight or idea into what you guys should be planning. So uh, the spring went really, really quickly and I can't believe we're looking at cod season next week, but I am excited. I'm super excited to get out there. Now this year is going to be very, very different to other years. There'll be a lot of places that won't be fishable. They'll be very inaccessible because of all the rainfall we've had. Now, 
Uh, hopefully, or we will get on to talking about more of this with the three other fellas. I'm sure it'll come up because the rain has been a massive contributor to how every single system is behaving. In the long run, it's going to be really good. So if you're new to chasing fish, freshwater fish, as a general basis to understand how freshwater fish behave, and in particular, we'll, we'll talk about cod, is they prefer stability. So cod prefer a stability in terms of the weather, the river system, the temperature, the water level, the clarity, everything like that, they like it to be stable. Usually, as a rule of thumb, that is the one you want to follow. So basically, stability is key. But then following that, um, when we go through a period of drought, which we have gone through, we went through a very short but harsh drought uh, between 2017, 18, 19, and up to 20, up to when the fires hit. So it was only short. It wasn't like the millennial drought. Um, that run for 10 years or nine years, it was sort of an extended drought. I think during that extended drought period, they still got little bits of rain. There was a solid two to three years there where some areas did not get any, well, they got rain, but very, very little rain. And that's why the drought was so harsh in a lot of areas through those last sort of, just before we got this lot of rain. So from that 2017 to 2019, 2020 period, before that rainfall fell, in the spring of, I think it was spring of 2020, we started to get some rain. So last spring. So before that, it was, everything was very dry, getting very low and empty. The rivers, there were fish kills, rivers were overheating. There was just no rainfall in the system. There was no flows running into all the systems, um, which was not good. So what we've got now is we've had a flush of water. We've come through. Now the fishing during this flush, so during all this heavy rainfall, the fishing from our point of view, from an angling perspective, is pretty poor. So it'll be poor, but then as um, it all settles again, so let's look at next year or some areas might settle over January. So it depends on the river system. Some will take a lot longer to settle, but you need that two to three, maybe even a month of just not heavy, heavy rain, just light. It can have light rain that won't affect it too much, but of stability. So if we get to sort of December or January and we have three weeks without rain, the systems will settle out um, unless you're looking at irrigation systems. They are got nothing to do. Well, they do have a lot to do with rain as they do now, but irrigation systems can release water whenever they want it for irrigation. So usually during summer, the irrigation rivers are running really, really high because there's a big demand for water out west. Um, or yeah, most of the rivers flow west. So there's usually a lot of demand for them out in irrigation area. But if we're looking at river systems that aren't affected by impoundments that just naturally flow, within two to three weeks of the heavy rain stopping, they should drop back down to a steady flow. Now those steady flows will be a little bit higher than normal because of all the rain that we're seeing, but then the fishing will be incredible. So the fish right now, even though the waters are dirty and high and flowing, the fish are quite happy down there. This flood, the floods that we've had, has rejuvenated the system. They're really loving it. And we just need it to settle a little bit so we can fish those systems. So looking ahead, the next two to three years, we should have some exceptional fishing in our river systems on our hands and also in the dams because the dams have got so much water. So look out because the fishing will be really good. But right now, right this instant, looking at cod opening, it's not so good. There's some areas that are really going to struggle just because the water are in almost flood-like situations, which from a fishing point of view, from our point of view fishing-wise, can make them very, very hard to catch. There's a lot a lot of water, it's dirty, a lot of turbulence. Um, it can be very, very hard to catch the fish. They're happy down there. They're feeding. If you are going to bait fish though, bait fishing won't go too bad. If you can get your bait down to where they are as long as the river is safe, bait fishing will go 
pretty good. So that's what we're looking at for sort of cod opening. It's hit and miss in some areas and in terms of which areas are going to fish good and, and more details on that, that's what I'm going to talk to Dan, Hocko and Jacko about uh, coming up once I get them on. But if we're looking at the summer right now, it's been quite cold. So the cod, the golden perch haven't enjoyed this colder sort of situation. But from a cod point of view, they actually prefer the cooler temperatures. They are rising into warmer temperatures, but they're not ridiculously hot yet. So that is a good thing. So if you're looking at fishing an impoundment, some of the impoundments will fire and the fish will actually sit a lot shallower than normal, which is going to be very, very exciting. So they will be sitting up shallower. So fishing that three to seven meter mark rather than fishing deep. So if we go back to, it wasn't caught opening, but it was, I'm going to say it was January some period uh, two seasons ago before all the rain fell. We fished Burrenjuk. Now, the reason we went on this trip was because it was Chris's Bucks party. Otherwise, if it was any other reason, if it was just a fishing trip, I would have cancelled it because the predictions for the two days we were there was 43 and 44 degrees. Now, that is ridiculous and I do not recommend going fishing in those temperatures ever. But because of this trip and there was no other time to get out, Chris was still keen to go. So I was like, right, we'll go. The lake was 33%, so a lot lower, a lot less surface area, a lot more ability for the water temperature to get really hot. The water temperature was ridiculously hot and the fishing was very, very tough. We cast flat out and could not get a single fish on the cast. We ended up getting a couple of really nice solid cod on the troll, but they were sitting down in eight and nine meters of water. The fish were not even sitting up shallow. So as the temperature rises above that 26 degrees, it gets into the 27, 28, 29 degrees, even more, you will not find them shallow and you will find that they start to shut down and they do not like it. So I borderlines 24, 25, 26, very, very border above that, I'm not a fan. In those bigger impoundments, it can get above that because obviously the deeper you go, the cooler it is. But in a river system, if you see it over 25 degrees, it's not ideal at all. The fish will push deep. But for a dam, for example, on this situation, we had some ridiculous heat. We had 42 and 44 degrees. We didn't fish during the day. We just chased carp off the bank and we actually put our gazebos in the shallows and sat under the gazebos, had them really, really low and sat with our feet in the water and we went swimming every half an hour. Now, I'm not much of a swimmer. Um, For those of you guys who know me a little bit. I am not much of a swimmer, do not like it very much, but I will jump in if it's hot and it was that hot that I actually went swimming quite a bit. So that's that's saying something. So we caught carp during the day and then we fished really, really hard for two nights for very, very little activity. And the reason I'm telling this story is because that is a fairly common occurrence uh, during years of drought, but also during most summers. We will get into the 40s. Um, The fact that we fished on this day was crazy, but there's always periods of 40 degrees into the 42s in most areas through the summer period. And what happens is the cod pretty well shut down. Now, I don't think we're going to reach as bad, even if the temperature does get to that temperature this year, if it does reach the 40s, I don't think it'll hang there for too long. And then the other thing is it won't have as big of an impact on our waterways, especially impoundments because one, there is so much water, there's so much flow moving through the water and because it's not hot yet at all. So the temperature's still got to climb and yes, it will climb fairly quickly if we do go bang 40 straight away and we have two weeks of 40, it will get up there. But it takes quite some time for the entire water column to warm up. So 
what is going to happen this year because the water temperatures are still cool, some systems are still only jumping up and down into the 20s and back into the teens. We were out in Blaring last week and it was between 17 and 18 degrees. Um, on a nice sunny day, once we start hitting mid-25s, it will get to that 22, 23. It was there back in October. But with these cold snaps and continuous rain, it drops back down. So what we're going to see is we're going to see a really nice, consistent and very a really, really nice for the cod temperature in the water throughout December. So we're going to get this really nice December water temperature, which means the fish are going to be sitting a lot shallower than normal. Now, even when they do push deep, they are usually just as happy to feed deep as they are shallow. The difference is, from an angling perspective, it's much easier to catch a fish when it's sitting in that 2 to 3 to 4 to 5, 6 meter mark rather than they're down in 8 to 9 meters. From a casting point of view, you really limit your ability to catch a fish when they're holding really, really deep because your lure is only down there for a limited period of time. Trolling is really the only way. But now, this summer, this December especially, you will be able to head to the dams and you'll have great success both casting and trolling. Casting may even out fish trolling, but trolling will fish well too. But you'll be able to fish shallow, so your lures will be where the fish are actively feeding for a longer period. And usually by even a couple of weeks into December, I'm already trolling pretty deep um, or fishing, trying to fish quite deep in that 7 8 meter mark. This year will be totally different. We'll be working the shallows and the fish should feed really well. And I won't be surprised if a lot of smaller fish get caught um, from a lot of the impoundments this summer once things settle. Wyangler and Burrenjuck should be pretty good. We'll have a chat with um, Dan and Jacko in a minute about those systems and even Eildon as well. Eildon fish and is fishing really well for the cod at the minute but because the temperatures aren't ridiculous, it should continue to fish really well right through summer. You should be able to go out for an afternoon in December or January on Lake Eildon, cast little spinnerbaits around or lipless crankbaits and find a bunch of smaller cod in the standing trees and the rocky banks, places like the wall. Um, it's going to be a really good summer. But then on the flip side, our river systems might not be as good unless the rain stops for us. This continuous 20 to 40 mils that we're getting each week um, on days back to back to back are really unsettling the system. So hopefully that gives you a bit of an idea of what we're looking at uh, ahead. It's going to be really, really good. I'm really keen. We're just going to, you're going to have to pick and choose your scenarios. Um, one really handy thing is knowing how different systems are fishing. And if you're planning a trip, it really, really does help to know what's going on in a system. So that's why we actually have, and inside our membership, we have report writers for different areas. We have contributors writing updated reports. So if you are a member and you are listening to this, the reports will be up. There'll be updates in the group prior to cod opening to give you guys a plan on if the system's going to be any good for cod opening. Then the reports will be up just after cod opening after our contributors have been out for a session. Um, so there's 15 plus reports in the membership on a stack of different waterways, Blaring, Burrenjack, Wyangala, up in the Tamworth region, all the way down to Victoria, Mawala, Eildon, Nagambi. There's, there's a, quite a few in there. So if you actually guys want to get access to those or see what else is involved in the SF membership, it's a platform we created. Uh, it's full of maps on these different waterways as well, updated monthly reports, stacks of videos and content, plus our live Q&As. And we're actually going live next Monday night prior to COD opening where you can shoot through your questions, so it'll be just like an extended information hit 
from what this podcast is. But if you guys want to learn more about that SF membership, um, just jump on the Social Fishing website, socialfishing.com.au. Jump on our website and hit join or just learn more about the SF membership. Or you can just send me an email at reese at socialfishing.com.au. If you ever have any questions for me, guys, I'm here to help you guys uh, at reese at, at socialfishing.com.au and reese is R-H-Y-S. So feel free to shoot me any questions you have there, any queries, any thoughts about freshwater fishing that's what we're basically here to do and that's why i created this platform because it was pretty hard and it still is hard to find information on catching cod yellows in one central place and we're continually building uh, a resource a library for you guys and it's getting bigger and bigger and i'm excited to see what's ahead so that's that now what i might do is i think i've got dan on the line here so we might get dan on and we might have a chat with him and we'll see where the rest of the uh, episode goes, which should be good fun. So I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode, guys. We're going to talk to these three fellows about their COD opening plans. I'll also talk about my COD opening plan and it is going to be fun. Right, guys, so we have our first special featured guest for this COD opening podcast. Now, these three fellas, as I mentioned, I'm going to be talking to, I talk to and do quite a lot with fishing, things like that, filming. Um, I seem to be talking to Dan a fair bit, mate, so this is no different than usual, but thanks for joining me, and I know you're keen for COD opening, aren't you? Yeah, mate, yeah, no no worries at all, mate. Good to have a chat and um, to share a few things with people, and yeah, absolutely looking forward to COD opening. Um, it's been a pretty tough spring at the local dam, so I look forward to getting into some cod. So the thing I just talked about um, with listeners just then before I got you on the line yep. is that spring, like we've got the exact same conditions out there, but for the yellows, it was sort of not ideal, although we did get onto some good fish, but in terms of delaying their whole season, it was not ideal. But from what you've experienced on some impairments that are fishing terrible for goldens are fishing are going to fish good for cod. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like you say, blaring has been reasonably good and, yeah, definitely um, a delayed sort of a season. And I suspect barring jucks a little bit the same um, where a lot of the fish have moved upstream, a lot of the yellows have moved upstream. Um, and, you know, usually that top end of the dam is where the activity kicks off first in spring. But um, this year just hasn't happened yet. Usually by now we'd be catching yellows all over. Um but yeah, it's nothing to go out, chase yellows and get half a dozen small cod um, taking your, your, you know, your golden perch lures for a session. Um, and that sort of makes me pretty exciting for the for the upcoming season. To, so um, tell me yeah. about your, your trip on the weekend. You went for a comp and rubbish conditions and you still caught cod even though you weren't chasing them. Yeah, absolutely foul conditions. The barometer was awful. We had... Not a heap of wind on the Saturday, but it was drizzling rain, overcast. Definitely not the sort of ideal conditions you'd pick um, if you had the choice. And I caught cod on vibes on black gulp soft plastics. He was probably in the mid-60s, that fish, come off a lay-down log. Um, I think three or four cod for us um, for the day. And I heard one crew got nine fish just by trolling 50 mil hard bodies along rock walls chasing yellows. And nine cod. Nine cod, yeah, which a lot of those were smaller fish, like a smaller run of fish, so between sort of 40 and sort of mid-50s sort of thing. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, that's it was a talk of the comp really. I mean, the, the aim was to chase yellows for that comp, but um, yeah, the the whole talk of the camp was basically about how how good it is to see so many fish and and blokes sort of remembering seasons past where they've where they've had a good run of those sort of fish early season and, and how long it's been since they've seen him in those sort of numbers. So it's yeah. um, it's pretty exciting. It's good. It's great to see it. So for cod opening, as yep. like you wouldn't know because you haven't chased cod in Barrenjuk, but from what you've seen, and you've yep. been talking to me about this, from what you've seen, it's it's going to be, and I believe, same from what you've been telling me, it's going to be a pretty good year on the cod for summer for anyone who just wants to go out and catch cod, yeah. no matter what size. Yeah, absolutely. And mate, I'm I'm no different to those people that are just getting into cod. Um, as far as you know, the open of the season, I want to get out there, get some runs on the board, and. You know, just do something a little bit different to that winter grind that we've come out of. Even though we chase those big fish and we get to catch those big fish in winter time, um, summer is a time just to you know be casting edges. The weather's nicer as long as it's not too hot. Um, you know, you fish your early mornings, late afternoons. You know, I do a little bit in the nighttime during summer, but you're not laid up in fifteen layers of clothing, and it's just a hell of a lot more comfortable. It's a it's a funner time to fish and you you definitely catch more um i've got to say i've never actually caught a lot of big big cod um in summertime but that i really that really doesn't worry me either um if i'm getting fish you know anything from 50 up to 80 odd centimeters they're all fun in my eyes um and i yeah, really enjoy that part of the season really so yeah, I know, I agree, and it's gonna be it's gonna be different this year, hey, because you spent a bit of time up there doing what exactly what you're gonna do this year, and it wasn't it was pretty tough, really, if you look at the summer. And this year is just gonna be like for someone to go out and chase yellows and get nine cod. Like yep. if you fished hard for a whole day up there oh, yeah. last summer, you would have been lucky. Like we got we did fish slightly bigger lures, but still they were spinner baits and yep. a small cod would have a crack, and we only got two hits for a whole day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, and and that was a good day too. It was a it was a warm sunny day with a big high barometer, and I, I think you'd be doing well to get, you know, your lures past that many fish without getting more this time around. I'd say. Yeah. So uh, no, if someone's good. going to Burrenjuk, and I think yep. the same thing will happen in Wyangala, even yep. though they've just had a flood through it pretty much. So I think that I saw the flows back down to six thousand coming in, and they've already dropped it to ninety five percent. Yes. Um, yep. So, Wyangla, I would predict, if as long as that sort of flush didn't annoy them, it should probably fish very similar in terms of those activity in the fish up to 70 centimetres. I think so. Um, I did have a message from a fella who was there, I believe it was last weekend, chasing yellows, and he had a similar sort of experience to what we've been getting out of Burrenjuk, where they were chasing yellows, and I think they caught four or five cod for the weekend. Um, okay just in that smaller sort of size, all on small lures, nothing, no, no big lures because um, I'm just chasing yellows. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a similar sort of thing up there. And I sort of have experienced those sort of summer bites on those smaller fish up there myself. So, um, yeah, I think we'll be probably fish pretty similar, I, I would say. So it's going to be pretty good because of all this rainfall. I predict blaring to be very similar, even though we haven't had the same experience with the cod there um, from catching them while chasing yellows, but it's a different yep. sort of place. But um, what's your so if someone's going out, they just want to catch a few cod. Let's yep. say Burrenjuk, Wyangla, Eildon will be the same. What 
would your approach be as a sort of basic approach for someone who just wants to catch a cod no matter what the size if they're going out for just a day on the water? Mate, the most straightforward way to do it um, would be to chuck a hard body out the back of the boat, trail along nice and slow along a rocky bank, um, and, and you will get them. So lures anything from sort of 70 to 100 mil. Um, yeah. Just cruise along nice and slow as long as that rod tip's thumping and you're sticking in that. You know, if it's a steep rocky wall, you want to be fairly close to it with your boat. Um, if it's sort of a gradual wall, you want to be sitting, say, depending on the time of the day as well, but sort of that four to six metre range at the moment because water temps are still reasonably cool for the time of year. Um, yep. Those fish are still going to be sitting fairly high and, and they're going to be active. So that's probably the easiest way to get your first runs on the board for the season, I, I would say. I would have to agree. And then if you're going to cast, it would still work as well, hey? You'd just cast that same thing. you cast almost to the bank and fish it down to that six yeah. or seven metres. Yep. The only thing with the casting, I'd probably throw a spinner boat in there as well just because you've got that ability to let them sink down those rock faces and, and fish that sort of structure a little bit more effectively. Yep. But uh, again, it's, it's a pretty simple, you know, easy enough way to do it and it's it's going to work because they're a high reaction bait and the cod are, are going to belt them, that's for sure. And if you're new to chasing cod, like if you're sort of just getting into it, spinnerbait's a pretty fail-safe lure. Like you cast it and it's doing something the whole time. Yeah. Um, because I was going to yeah. say a couple of other options would be a small plastic or a small chatterbait or a mumbler, mm-hmm. like yep. that 150 mil, maybe up to 200 if you want because they'll still hit them. But yep. they... They still work on the free fall. They definitely work. They won't draw in a hungry fish from a distance as well. Yep. And the chatter doesn't work in terms of the blade on the sink as well as the spinnerbait. So they're two good options, but a spinnerbait yeah. is probably your best starting option. So. Yeah. Um, in what, like a one to a one and a half ounce? Um, one ounce? It, yeah, I like a one ounce uh, for casting. Uh, it gives a, you know, obviously an easy weight to cast and a, a reasonable sort of sink rate as it sort yep. of flutters down, which, uh, you, you know, it gives the fish a chance to not only see it on the drop, but, it, you know, quite often you'll get hit on the drop on a spinnerbait. Um, and they're just easier, easier to control. So Yeah. And a 5 probably a little too light. It'll want to hold up a little bit too much. It won't want to see yeah, yeah, especially if you've got a little bit of wind and stuff around, they're just that little bit easier to control and keep track of. Like a one ounce, you know, you can really keep track of, you know, a little bit of weight on the end of your line as it's sort of penduling down the, the face of the rock and it just seems to suit it pretty well, I think. Yeah. So they're probably the picks of your lures. The other one that I thought I might mention, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this, is a really good reaction style bait, especially for cod and especially this year in places like the ones we just mentioned, is like a large lipless crankbait, like a 100 oh, mil yeah. lipless crankbait, which is something I haven't done as much of. I've caught a couple of fish um, yeah. on like 70 mil ones, but that was way back before I even really got my hands on ones that are about 100 mil. But a 100 mil lipless crankbait that rattles, is loud, is like the perfect redfin imitation will be... Yeah a really good option for casting. I think so. It'll be up there. And I think they're also a good option because they will cater from anything from your 50-centimetre fish right up to your, you know, virtually a metery because they are such a reactive sort of a bait. I think they are going to get, 
they'll definitely get a good run out of me this season, that's for sure. Yeah. So what's a couple like I've got the only ones oh I've got a couple with a ballista make a ninety mil in the yes. juggernaut and yeah. Mazzy make a probably with the pick. Um, yeah, that's the one that sort of comes to mind for me is the Mazzy. Uh Jackal does it T eighty now, which is a yep. pretty good pretty good option for um for casting. I think they do them in a silent and a rattling model as well. So Doos is the same thing but bigger again. Yeah, but doozers are a little bit lighter. Right, um, okay. I've found they're a little bit they're a bit uh, lighter. They're not as dense, I suppose you'd describe it. They're probably a similar weight to the, the TN models, but because they're a bigger profile lure, they don't sink quite as well. Oh, okay. Uh, so when you're fishing steep stuff like Baron Jackawai Angler, they're just not as ideal as yeah. those others we mentioned. Right, okay. Yeah, I think so anyway. Yeah, I've never fished one, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. So they're better for kind of like a Mawala situation. I think so, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they work on like shallow laydowns, and mm-hmm. um, the shallow laydowns is something that uh, I think would be worth targeting at Burrenjuk. We have caught, well, I caught one there. I think I was talking to you about it. You know, 60 odd centimetres on a black gold plastic, and he was sitting in two and a half metres of water on a laydown tree. Yeah, that's um, crazy. You know, and I don't see with with the current weather pattern on the way it is at the moment, it's not going to change. Those fish are still going to be nice and shallow, and and so you know, a doozer or something lighter like that is probably, you know, in that case, a pretty good option actually. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool. you know, it's a bit about mixing it up, I suppose, when you start getting into the different varieties. But um, I think those basic go tos that we touched on, mate, are going to be the the best ones for. People that are just starting to get into it, that's the best place for them to, to start and it's the most staple for everyone to use, I think. Well, even, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, even um, for anyone, like for yeah. me, I'm excited to get out and use the, just the, what are, what we consider the staple cod lures because yeah. the cod, they've seen so much of the other variety, which is good and they'll still eat them, but yeah. with so much activity, you really want something that they're just going to be like, hit it, like that's food, yeah. I'm going to hit it because there's so much going on down there. So, it's not like a rattling or a hard body, like a thumping lure is going to spook them now. Um, yeah. No. And you've got so many fish that are active. So, yeah. your hard bodies for trolling and your spinnerbaits if you're keen on it, but really start with your hard bodies, but start I'm going to be trolling bodies. spinnerbaits as well. Yep. And then casting spinnerbaits and then yep. followed by probably equal on equal terms, your mumblers, your plackies, smaller ones, plastics, and those lipless crankbaits. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's going to be the go-tos. Cool. So I want to ask you, and I'm going to ask the other boys when I talk to them in a minute. Um, yep. What's your plans for cod opening after we've just talked? How good uh, Barrenjack's going to be? <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your plan, mate? There is actually plans to um, hit a river system. So basically, camp out overnight, ready for kicking off. You know, first thing on cod opening morning. Um, yep. It's sort of hinging on weather and rainfall and river conditions at this stage um but that is you know something that's coming on off the back of a trip we done last year um and you know where we've seen a bit of potential um in this particular river system and i think that um you know all going to plan mate that's where we're going to be and i'm really looking forward to it actually Mm, i was going to say i'm pretty sure the blakey going with not not too bad (laughs) (laughs) a fella yeah (laughs) um yes i'm going for those of you who are listening, I'm actually going with Dan. Um, we're going on a cod opening session and like Dan just said, we um, we planned it like 10 months ago 
to yeah. do this trip. It's kind of another big risk uh, because we did the trip last year and only caught one tiny little cod for the whole day. Yeah, um, we did. That's right. Yep. Yeah, so it's not much of a system, but it's the adventure's fun and we just wanted to get there nice and early and yeah. try it before it gets too hot because last year it was just way too hot. We're not yep. expecting massive fish or big ones or many of them, but you know, if we get two or three, it'd be a, a good fun day. We yeah, actually I do think, it. Yeah, we just you got go. a bit of a teaser. We just got a bit of a teaser out of it last time, so it's more just about just exploring that little bit of a waterway, uh, just a little bit further to see if it does have the potential that we think it does. Really. Mm. So and, it's good yeah. because we haven't fished rivers for so long. Like yeah. that's why I'm keen and. Yeah. There's not many rivers that will be available for you guys out there, this COD opening. I've just done a blog post in the membership and dams are really looking like the way to go because like the Lachlan's in flood, the Murrumbidgee's running yeah, a banker. Yeah, it's going to be a tough um, one. The Murray is a write-off from like the middle to the very top. Like for half of the Murray, it's like a major write-off. It's just yeah, full right. and running hard. The Goulburn River in Victoria could be a pick. Um, it could be okay because there's very little water coming out of Yildon. Yeah. Um, so above, sort of above Nagambi is sort of an okay option. But for creeks, they're just based on rainfall and most mm. of them will be up and running a little bit. But, you know, if we've got a week or five days without rain, which it's looking like possible, depending on your mm. area, there might be little bits of patchy rain. But yep. some creeks and rivers could be worth a crack they're not going to be exceptional but they could be worth a crack but they're going to be on the lead up to fishing exceptional throughout autumn and later in spring i believe if the rain stops they settle the rivers will be insane because the fish will be that happy i've got a question for you yeah um given that the rivers have been high um for so long do you think that the river levels can be above what we would call ideal conditions and still, you know, if they're fishable from our point of view, do you think the fish will chew because they've kind of had to adapt to those extra flows in the rivers? That's a good question. That's a really good one. So I've spent my childhood and nearly, I've spent way more time on rivers and dams. Um, yeah. I spent more time on dams the last two years only because from an accessibility point of view, it's easier with all this rain. Um, So I've fished rivers quite a lot and I've done a lot of sessions on rivers and the Bidgee's a good example because they run it pretty high and low and high and low. Now, we used to go out there every weekend in summer and we would have 20, 25 fish days in summer when it's running really, really high and you're fishing the base of tree roots. And because the water temperature is good, even if it sort of only needs three days of stability and they're happy, um, yep. so I think they would already be like that. It's just some rivers. So the, the issue for me, so from a fish activity point of view, I reckon they are going to be super happy, like the most active happy they've been in a long time. And I'm, by happy, okay. I mean, they're going to eat yep. because when they get a flood, they've spawned properly this year. There'd be that much food in the system. They'd yep. be happy. The issue is from an angling perspective. That's right. Yep. Yeah, it all comes down to an angling perspective. So, for example, the Murray River right now, very difficult to fish. The fish in there will probably be happy down where they are, but because it's running so hard, it's not ideal. But even if they are happy, a fluctuation they don't like, like that quick change and also dirty water to a point. From a lure lure fishing point of view, dirty water is not good. No. Um, from a bait fishing point of view, they'll probably so. If, so to answer your question, if you were to go out in the Bidgee, even running at four meters, if you were to go out bait fishing, yep. and 
it wasn't running that fast, you couldn't actually get your lures down. Like if there's enough slack edges in the section that you pick and yep. you can get your bait down, you're going to catch fish all day. Yeah, okay. But trying to get your lures down, that's yeah. a different task. Yeah. So I think creeks, and now if you have a little creek local to you that isn't run by irrigation and sort of after one week of no rain has... It, and for, for you guys, I, I talked to Dan about this earlier in the week, but most rivers and creeks will actually be running higher generally anyway, probably all summer because there's so much yeah. moisture and everything's saturated. So yeah. they're going to be above the norm anyway, but that will be their new norm. So That's, as long as yeah. you're able to fish it, yeah. um, they'll clear up a little bit. I reckon you need about a week of no rain for most systems or no big changes in irrigation flows. Yeah. Um, and as long as there's like a peak, there's like usually a peak where a river gets over that ease of fishing. It's almost like when it gets between high and like minor flood levels, yeah. um, which a lot of them are running at. So when they're running at that, it's just it's just not very enjoyable. But yeah. a higher than normal, like a quite a high river will still fish well for small fish. Yeah, okay. Um, you're going to lose your big fish is almost a no hope. So that was the other point of that example. We used to fish summers on the Bidgee yeah. Um, and we'd catch 20 fish, but we'd be, barely get one over 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heaps of 40. So as long as you can adapt adapt the way you fish, and obviously it's got to be safe because you don't want to be you know, fishing if it's raging high and, and can be unsafe. But if you, can adapt, yeah. if you can adapt a little bit to the river conditions being a little bit higher than what you'd normally call ideal, um, the fish are still going to be there to, to feed, aren't they? Yeah, they will be happy because they've had this rain all spring. Um, yeah. and they've had, as long as there's no flood, like the Lachlan River, I'd say no, um, don't even bother. Um, yeah. so as long as they've, even though it's high, the Murray's like major, it may as well be flood. It's proper. Right. It's like running, especially from Yarrawonga through to Echuca. It's really okay. pumping. So it's like a write off, but in areas where it's borderline, it's just like high. Um, yeah. as long as it's fishable, yeah, those slack edges, the fish will, push up into so for example in the small creek we're going to we've got five days with no rain it's probably going to be pretty high as long as it's not dirty as long as it clears yeah. up a bit and yeah. as long as we fish the slack pockets where we can the fish should be up and active as long as we've got a hybromata which bad news <laughs> <laughs> i don't care i'm still keen yeah so i'm still keen too the barometer doesn't look all that good it's just changed so fingers crossed it changes for wednesday yeah um but yeah, so that's that. Um, and cool. what are you... So yeah, so you're keen, we're keen, we're going to do this float. It's yeah. actually a float because the water's too inaccessible by bank. So we actually float in a little rubber boat and then get out. We yeah. posted some photos last year and we'll yeah. post some more after. It's pretty sketchy. It's I, pretty I, adventurous, I actually, but yeah, it's good fun. It is. I actually blew that boat up to make sure it's got no holes in it. <laughs> um, just the Sarvo. So I check it in the morning. But I read the uh, rating on it. It's one of those pool... Those kids pool boats that uh, that what yeah those pool toy boats that like you have the little oars <laughs> for those little orange and red ones. Um, I read it. The max and we talked about it last year. We just would have forgot <laughs> the max kilo rating is ninety five kilos. Yeah, well that's a mean knocker then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said last year. Uh, and we put in a little esky in and um, have we got camera box. Have we replaced the paddles this for this one? Or yeah, 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 I'll get some. I'll get some heavy duty paddles <laughs> and um. What was it last year? Oh, tell everyone how how good it was to take a spin rod in the oh, yeah. rubber. Boat. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so many we caught so many trout with that spin rod too. 
and we uh, yeah, spent the whole day little, trying to protect it in the implant. Tiny little hooks and nice fine tips on a graphite rod. Yeah, it was um, yeah, great idea. So we won't be taking that this time. <laughs> One rod each. <laughs> no. It'll be a good adventure though. So that um, the thing that draws me to that the most is the adventure really. So you guys yeah. got to remember it's not always about the biggest fish. I just watched the little the little GoPro clip I had because we didn't really get much footage of that trip but the GoPro clip of you landing that little fish and I yeah. can't believe how excited I got just to see you catch <laughs> one fish from this random little creek that we decided to fish. So Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty scenic little spot. So yeah, It's all about the adventure. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for that, mate. That was uh, good. So... You got we got that little trip and then straight into Burrenjuk for the yeah. summer, which you're predicting to be pretty good. Yeah, mate, real. I reckon it'll be really good. Um, and I'm actually really looking forward to getting the kids up there and getting them stuck into a few green ones as well. Um, yeah, it's just a um, I don't know. It'll be uh, good fun to get them into some into some fish because they have been out with me a few times on the yellows and. They expect fish when you're fishing for yellows, and cod can be a little bit slow. They they sort of know that, but um, I think they might be pleasantly surprised come this summertime. So that should be Did really. Did you good. tell them that the cod are going to be slow, so they're not expecting? <laughs> yeah, no, they'll go in with no expectations, except that they know that cod are big and fun and hit nice and hard. So cool. Yeah, should be good. Good stuff, mate. Well, I'll be talking to you anyway, but thanks for joining me in this opening episode. It was good to have a chat and now I've got Hocko waiting, so I'll get him on and we'll have a chat with Hocko and see what his plans are. But yeah, thanks for that, mate, and I'll talk to you soon. Too easy, mate. Talk soon. See ya. Gotcha. Hocko, mate, I got you there. Yeah, got you, mate. Yeah, it's good to, good to see you. Now, you've just fresh come back. We're going to talk about some cod opening stuff, but you're fresh back from a trip to Windy. How was it? Yeah, it was unreal. Had a had a good few sort of sessions up there. Um, after never fishing it, it yeah blew my expectations. And we had a good good run on the fish. We caught a few good ones just before the weekend, and then we actually fished the AYC comp there, um, which was good fun too. We come third in that, so it's a pretty good effort. Yeah, it was a good few days away. The fish up there are just unreal. It's a unreal lake and yeah the comp was good fun so good few days away so you'd never fished it before and i know you really wanted to go last year with me because i went last year for like a week um and you were going to come on that trip but you got locked out with old rona um and you were itching to get there this year if you were to compare it would you and i know everyone else has their own opinion of it but what do you think of it as a fishery like you think it's something like it's like it's nothing like anything else or did you find the fishing to be better there than anywhere else you've fished because i know you've done a lot of yellow stuff in the last couple of years but compare it to epilock compare it to blaring um yielding is it a place you reckon just from what you saw and seeing how many fish there were is it just on a league of its own completely different it's been sort of one of those places that's been on my bucket list and Growing up, you always see it in the freshwater fishing magazines or whatever, the pictures of the massive yellows coming out of there and walking the banks and catching them. So it was sort of like one of those places that I thought would just be unreal. And, yeah, it was it was pretty unbelievable when we were there. The hills were all covered in green grass still and the water was clear, the good healthy weed. Like there's just fish everywhere we could see on the live scope. Even just on the sander or just looking over the edge of the boat, you'd see them stacked up on all the banks. 
turtles everywhere. It's just, yeah, it's an unreal fishery. I've never seen fish like that anywhere else. Did you see them? Like, could you see them sitting there with your own eyes? See them? Yep. So we did, just before the comp, we actually walked the banks for a little bit and we only did a bank of, say, 100 metres and we seen a couple of massive fish that would have been right up around 60. I caught one that was about 59 and then we caught another three, all just in this one bank, plus the ones that we seen and couldn't catch. And that's sort of like, it would have been like that on every bank, I think. Yeah. Yeah, some spots we'd be fishing, you could see them on the live scope, and then you'd look over the edge of the boat and there'd just be yellows sitting there all through the water, like sort of suspended up, just sitting there. It was unreal, like just, yeah, fish everywhere. Every bank you pull up to, there's fish there. Some spots that we fish sort of more in the comp, they had hundreds of fish pretty much just cruising through and sitting there in amongst the weed and that. But, yeah, I thought they were carp when we first pulled up because there was way too many fish. It was sort of like being in, in spots in Eildon where you get a lot of carp. It looked like that, but they were all yowers. It's funny as, eh? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It's, yeah, just... Nothing like anything that I've got around here. So it was, yeah, well and truly worth the trip up. Yeah, it's just an epic place. I loved when I went there. I went there, been there a couple of times now. And yeah, the fishing's just incredible. But I want to ask you is what techniques did you, and then we'll get into the cod stuff. What, just as a quick recap, what techniques did you use there that worked quite well? And then did you notice that the fish changed in activity from the Thursday when you have a good barometer and nice weather? to the weekend when it was rainy and poor barometer, did it, did it, like, did the fish shut down a little bit? Yeah, so it was sort of a bit tricky because we went into fishing it with no expectation. We were just happy to catch sort of a few fish. And yeah. we talked to a few people that said the lake was fishing, like, really bad. So we just went in, we found a heap of fish, and we caught a few. Like, we weren't catching big numbers, but we were catching them, and we just thought that was sort of maybe normal. Um, but yeah, we had a couple of good days just before it and we did, did go pretty well in those days. Um, but then, yeah, pretty much all the weekend, like we caught fish pretty consistently. Once we worked out sort of how to get them, um, yeah, it got windy and rainy and we could still catch them. They got a bit tougher, but we still definitely caught them. Uh, we just use a lot of like suspended jerk baits or lightly weighted black grubs and then you can sort of leave it sit right in front of their face for a bit longer um you still wouldn't catch yeah heaps of fish but you could just catch enough to to keep adding them up for the for the comp and that sort of thing and you reckon that you catch so many because there's so many in there yeah yeah just so many to chase yeah it's just gonna be it's it's sort of a bit like in my way you you put your lure in the right spot for the longest time, eventually, like, one of the fish, he's going to grab it. So we cast over a lot of fish when we were there. And, yeah, you'd get rejected from, like, 10 yellows that would come up, look at it, turn away, and then one would just race up from, like, 10 metres back and just smoke it. And, yeah, so it was sort of just a matter of time. Just keep casting over those fish until you find a hungry one. That's cool. And was it a good comp? Because that was your first time in it and um, and you come third, which is pretty awesome considering you'd never fish windy. So that's a – considering you went just to go catch a few fish, that was a pretty good outcome. 
Yeah, it was a good comp. It was um, yeah, a bit of fun. It was sort of a good excuse to to go up and have a fish at Windy and do that comp as well. And we were just happy to catch sort of our, our eight fish to to measure for the comp. So we caught the eight and we were pretty happy. We had a good few days before. We were happy as. And then we sort of got back that night and talked to a few of the boys and they said, oh, you folks are going to be right up there. And we ended up we were second on the Saturday night. And then the next morning we sort of struggled a bit. We got a couple of fish and dropped a few. Um, but they just weren't that much bigger than what we had and then we dropped back to third but yeah it was a good comp it's good fun met a few of the boys and had a laugh and yeah it's it's pretty cool everyone out in the lake fanging around and you see some flash boats and good gear and yeah it's just that extra little addition to fishing a bit of pressure it's it's good nice that's the go. Now, I want to talk about that because that was fresh, but let's talk a little bit for a few minutes about Cod Open and your plans. I just talked to Dan about his plans and what um, what's coming up with Burren Jack and how he's going to fish real well. You, for those of you who don't know, um, you guide on Lake Mawala. Now, I'm actually going to have an interview with you in the next week or so, probably next week once Cod Opening's come out and your episode um, will actually be the next episode. So, for those of you guys who are listening... I will have a chat with Hocko, a proper full chat, so you guys get to know him a bit and what he does and things like that. So we'll save a lot of it for then. But you guide on Lake Mawala. Um, you spend a lot of time there. You pretty well live, how far? 200 metres from the boat ramp? Yeah, I can have the, wa- the, the boat in the water there in about five minutes. And yeah, and there's big cod right at the end of the ramp pretty much. So I'm pretty lucky so- in that regard, I guess. So what, for people who are looking at planning a cod opening trip, for you, tell me what your plans are for cod opening. I'm guessing you're going to head out in the lake because it's been three months since you chased cod and then how's my whaler looking for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, so I've actually not really got anyone booked in just for that first week leading into the weekend because it does get really crazy busy here for that time um, and I sort of don't like the first first couple of weeks of cod opening are generally tough and especially this year because we've still had a lot of flow going through the lake. The river downstream's high and it's still fairly dirty and I'd say it's going to be a bit colder. So the uh, fish are going to be doing a bit different stuff this year, I think. Uh, so I'll give that sort of first week, give it a bit of time to settle and yeah, I'll try and get out in the water as much as I can in that time and see what I can sort of come up with. Yeah. So as a general rule, because we haven't had that really warm temp and you've got those dirty, all those cold flows coming through, it'll probably take a little bit to pick up, but come Christmas and then through January, February, it actually might fish better than sort of previous years where it's been really hot and they've only fed sort of early and late. You, do you think it's going to fish real well if things stop raining and it all sort of stabilizes because it won't get ridiculously hot? Yeah, I think once it once the sun does sort of get out and it does warm the water up that bit more, um, the fish should really start chewing. The water will probably stay a bit dirty um, and there is a lot of weed around which will help it warm up. Um, and that should, yeah, once everything sort of settles down, that should filter out a bit of this dirty water um, and it'll get a little bit of clarity back in it. But, yeah, my prediction, it's sort of going to be, well, just it depends how much more rain that we get, but, yeah, I'm 
I'm picking it's going to be tougher through till probably yeah mid January or something after it all settles and after that Christmas rush, and then yep. yeah that's when it's going to sort of probably hit its prime I think. It's interesting, eh? So the the water there's a lot of water coming out of Hume, is it? And down the ovens, or it's more coming out of Hume down the river at the minute? Yeah, I haven't actually had a bit of a look for a little bit. Um, I'd say there's still a fair bit coming down the ovens, and then. There was a bit coming down Hume the last time I looked, uh, but I think that's slowed up a bit lately. But yeah, they're still just trying to to get a bit of that water downstream, and it's yeah, it's it's really changed. That normally the water should be heaps warmer by now and sort of a bit more stable. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to hard to know. I've grown up on the on the river and in the lake, and it's always sort of a little bit different. But this season is a bit different again. Yeah, okay. And then it gets it's dirty because of the flow. Like if you were heading out, so say someone's planned a trip there for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or the weekend, um, next week, what would be the go? Would it be to get away from that flowing water, look to like the north of the lake where you're gonna find the warmer pockets? Yeah, I'd just be trying to sort of range of spots. Um, you can find pockets of warmer water where there is a bit of flow running through, but I tend to like, yeah, getting a bit out of the main, the river flow and find that bit of warmer water, whether it's on the edge of like a, an area that gets a bit of flow or, yeah, just back in a big lagoon or a basin or something that has that bit warmer water out of the main flow. And that weed should help filter the, the water a bit as well and it'll get a little bit clearer as well. So I'll probably for those sort of areas. Um, I like fishing those weed beds, so I'll be poking around in the warmer water where the weed beds are. Yep. And then if people are going to go out um, just trying to chase a cod of any size, do you think with so much weed, is it going to be better to cast to like the stumps and things like that or are they better off trolling that sort of four-meter range? Because your pop goes out and just trolls and that's something he'll do from next week yeah yeah he'll be going out and doing the the same old troll runs and just yeah throwing the lure out the back as simple as it gets pretty much just bang through the trees trawling a, a sort of 10 foot diving lure um and yeah sticking to that deeper deeper water around four meters because um, the weed doesn't grow yeah there, there's it? no weed and yeah that water just stays that little bit more stable too with the temperature and the flows and that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, it just depends what you like doing and probably the area of the lake that you're going to be based. So if you are in that deeper water, trawling's, yeah, definitely a good option. Otherwise, if you're somewhere where there's a lot of weed, you're going to have to cast your lures to keep sort of working over the top of the weed beds or in between it all. Yeah. Cool. So it sounds like, yeah, I think the whale will fish... I think, and you know it a lot better than me, but I think it's going to fish pretty good once everything settles and once it really starts to warm up. Um, like those fish should go nuts with the amount of flow they've had through, the amount of food. They just need the temp and the stability to sort of pick up. So if everything stops raining, we might be, yeah, it might come up fire real well by sort of Christmas, January. Yeah, that's right. Like it always is pretty dirty through that Christmas and early January sort of thing. Uh, mostly from boat traffic and that sort of stuff. So they, they still do bite well in that dirty water. It's just, yeah, I find it a lot better. As soon as it starts to clear up, 
it's like they really take that opportunity to to feed up and yeah once we get that sort of window that's that's going to be a good time to be out there it's crazy how quick the year's gone eh yeah i know now we felt like a couple of weeks ago that cod season shut um i guess i've been pretty lucky we've been down to yielding a few times and still chase the cod down there and then yeah i've been real busy chasing the yellow belly around a bit more this season than i have as well so time's gone quick it's um it's pretty crazy that cod season's already around the corner and uh, we went i feel like it wasn't that long ago we took um andrew out et out for that session but that was like the end of last summer yeah, yeah, that's right. That was just that after Nagambi in March. Was it March? March. What? I was just thinking of it because I'm like, that was the clearest I saw it and I was just trying to think when when that was. But that was crystal clear. Like, I didn't know Mawala could get that clear. Yeah, that was pretty next level. There was a couple of spots you could cast a stumpy out, like do a big cast. And if it was a bright colored stump jumper, you could literally just watch it the whole way. It would dive down. Didn't matter how deep it got, you could just see it the whole way. That's it was crazy. I remember putting in at the ramp over in Mawala when we picked the boys up, and it was like I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is like not normal for a lake like this. But you saying it gets it gets clear like that when everything's right, hey? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it will this year with all the flow, um, but there's definitely enough weed there to sort of slow the flows up and then filter out all that the sort of silt and stuff in the water um but they are going to drain it in may as well so that's going to sort of upset the winter time cod fishing uh in the lake yeah. so yeah gonna have that bit of a window in march and april and then it's going to be getting dropped out so how long do they have it dropped for they normally have it for about three months what yeah so that long i'll drop it in in may um and it, and it normally takes honest. a little bit for it to actually get all the way out and then yep. they normally start filling it back up sort of July or the end of July. And that is crazy. Yep. It's actually low for that long. What is it just because they may as well or it takes that long for the weed to die? Or is that not why they empty it? They empty it for the weed, don't they? Yeah, they do a bit for the weed because um, all the weed grows and then once once it's drained and out of water, the frosts actually kill it off. Um, yeah. So all those sort of shallow bits of well exposed out of the water, and then yeah, the frost burns off all that weed, and then it lets them just do other things like on the bridge works. They want to get a new bridge at some stage here. Don't know if it's soon or probably ten years away, but they do that sort of stuff and work on the wall and develop some of the foreshore that sort of thing. I think everyone uses it as a bit of a uh, excuse to do some work. So when it when it fills, because if they didn't empty it, the place would be there'd be so many spots you wouldn't even be able to fish because the weed would be that thick if it never got killed off. Hey, it'd be yeah, yeah, that's crazy right. If it was like ten year old weed. Yeah, some some spots are just full chokes out, like you can't even drive your boat through it. I can remember when we were younger, you'd have a flat bottom tinny and you'd get a big run up, full noise across a weed bed. You'd hit the weed bed, pull the motor up out of the water and turn it off and you'd try and skim across the weed and then what? and then yeah, and then you'd grab your anchor out, like an old sort of wire anchor, and you'd piff it out in front of you as far as you could. And then you'd pull, then pull the boat across the the yeah, just to get across and then get in like a big lagoon or something like that. Because there's no other way in. Yeah. Because you literally can't drive a motor through it, it's that thick. 
Wow. And then when they kill it off, is the fishing not as good when the like when there's no weed, like when it's a year into like the summer after it's burnt off? Like is the fishing a lot harder because there's no weed, do you find? Uh, a little bit, yeah, because when there is so much weed, it sort of restricts where they can go a little bit. Uh, but once it's all open, it's a bit easier. You can pretty much fish wherever you like. Then you don't have to worry about getting snagged up in the weed. Uh, so it sort of opens the door for a few more uh, techniques and that sort of thing. But no, it can still be really good. Um, just yeah. takes a bit for it all to settle back down and the fish to sort of get back in those areas because they all just get stuck in the lagoons or the main river channel. So yeah, once it settles, it can get good again. That's crazy. This is probably stuff we should talk about next week because we're going to talk about Moila next week. So I probably should cut it there and get everyone, you guys listening, excited for next week's chat with you um, or the week after when it comes out. But um, one last thing from a guiding point of view, um, if anyone, where do you guide? You guide Moila and surrounds as well. You'll go to Eildon. Yeah, yep. So I've been doing a few trips all around the place. Um I've been doing a few more down at Eild and I've been spending more time down there trying to work that out. Um, and we've been getting some good fish. We've, yeah, had a few good runs on the cod and, yeah, going good on the yells as well. But, I've, yeah, as I sort of keep fishing myself and learning more and more dams, I can sort of, yeah, go wherever. and um, Yeah, but most of it's most of it's all local. At, at, yeah. at Moawa and Eild and then... Yeah, Hume. and Hume, get a few up at Hume as well. But yeah, if people wanted to, yeah, organise something up at Windermere or Wyangler and I happen to be there or make a trip out of it, that sort of thing, I can make that happen as well. It's probably worth it because you do know how to fish a lot of different places. We went to Wyangler for the second time for you, I think. I went for the first time and you pulled yourself a metery on that trip. Um, it was fishing pretty good, but we, we got... Yeah, you got onto that crack of fish. You had a cracking session up there. That was good. Yeah, that was good. I think we got there right at the right time. And yeah, we got that good fish over and a few other little, oh, a few little ones and a few real good ones as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've had a good run. Got a, yeah, got one out of Bar and Jack and yeah, a few good fish out of Epilock last season as well. Good stuff, mate. So if anyone wants to get in contact with you, prior to this other episode coming out so i'll be chatting to you and you guys will be listening to it within the first week of cod opening and i'll chat to jack more about um where fishing started for him and my whale and things like that but if anyone wants to get in contact you with for a trip um what's the best way yeah so you can either get on any of the social media and message me uh or on my website there's a link that you can just book straight online um, all my mobile numbers there as well and you just give me a ring anytime and happy to chat about something or work out uh, what we can sort of organise or even just tips and that sort of thing as well always happy to have a chat cool and that for those of you who are listening is Lake Moala Sports Sport Fishing yeah sport, sport Fishing, fishing. on yep. yeah, social media and the websites yeah just au. Cool. Thanks for that chat, mate, for this little cot opening episode. I've got uh, Jacko waiting on the line, so I'll finish up with you, mate, and I'll go talk to Jacko, but I appreciate it, and I'll be back chatting to you next in two weeks' time, um, and we'll go into more detail because I think we've got plenty to talk about, but thanks, Ace, for that. Appreciate it. No worries, mate. Good to chat. Catch you soon. Yeah, I'll talk to you. See you. See you, mate. Bye. Jacko, have I got you on the line there, mate? 
Yeah, you got me, Reese. How you going? Good. Thanks for joining me on this morning, mate. Um, the sun's out, but it's been pretty far and few between, eh, which is going to affect your cod opening trip. So, obviously, that's what I want to ask you about is cod opening. Um, a bit here and there with that weather, eh? Yeah, she's been a bit all over the shop the last well, the last few months. We've had plenty of rain up my way, and I'd say down your way as well. It's been pretty statewide. So, yeah, it's um, throwing a bit of a spanner in the works coming up to cod opening. I was planning on fishing the rivers and stuff, but just, uh, yeah, plenty of monitoring of uh, river flows and river heights at the moment just to see what it's going to be like come 1st of December. So you, because um, when I talked to you in the last podcast that we did, which wasn't all that long ago, I remember you said you, for the next sort of 12 months, your plan is to do a bit more adventure, more river stuff, rather than just chasing those big fishing impairments. So is that why you're kind of keen for fishing the rivers this sort of December? Yeah, pretty much. I'll still do plenty of empowerment stuff, but yeah, I really want to get into the rivers. After all, for the last sort of 18 months, we've had such good rain and river flows, um, hoping that the yeah the rivers are going to fish really good again. So I'm looking forward to spending some more time down there. And generally December up our way um, in the rivers, they, that's when they fish the best. You know, you get great top water bites and stuff. So that's when you want to get out, but yeah, you can't really do it if the river's too high and dirty. So where's your way? What are we talking, the Macquarie? Yeah, Macquarie. There's a, we've got a few different options around, but Macquarie's probably the main one. Yeah, and it's the section, so where you fish, is that all just be based on regulation from impoundments or is it also rainfall that affects it, which is what's keeping it high at the minute? No, nah, it's pretty much just rainfall because it's up above Burrandong, so... It's um yeah, it's not really effective. We've got one little pond above, but it's pretty much always full, so it's always just sort of trickling over the spillway there. But yeah, it's just all the rainfall out Oberon, um, all out that way, all flows down into it. So yeah, it's it normally it normally yeah, as long as we don't get rain for a couple of weeks, we'll get back to a to a fishable height. But yeah, the way it's going at the moment, we're just getting plenty of rain every week, and it's just staying in like a minor flood. Right, so it's high, high, like too high yeah it's unfishable like generally when it's when it's perfect is it's sort of like pool water so it's just rapids into like pools rapids pools but yeah it's just a raging torrent down there at the moment so yeah so do you reckon this year well obviously last year or say the year before there was like not even any water in it full stop but is it once it drops back and we get no rain for like two weeks and then It'll still be quite high, won't it, all summer because there's still a lot of sort of water seeping off the land, do you think? But even though it'll drop to a fishable height, it'll still have quite a volume of water, yeah, compared yeah. to what it has had. Yeah, it should be pretty healthy system right through summer with all the yeah, with all the dams and stuff. Like the little ponds we've got, like Oberon Dam's full and um, Chifley and other little dams full as well. So they'll still um, release water down as well if we go through a real dry summer, but I can't see that happening. But yeah, yeah, whenever we do get rain, it's all just flying straight in, flying straight into the river now at the moment anyway. So yeah, hopefully we won't see what happened a few years ago happen again for a fair while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then what's the plan? So you're not planning to head out straight on opening. You're going to wait for the river to clear up and you'll still give it a crack if it drops a little bit but still won't be ideal. You reckon it'll still take till what, late December to start fishing well if the rain stops or it'll only take like a week? Yeah, if we get two weeks without without any rain, it'll probably come back to a fishable height. Um, but every time we get, you know, 20 mil comes through, it just 
jacks it back up. So um, it probably could have been fished um, on December 1st if we don't get any more rain from now to then. But as I'm looking at the moment, we've got sort of 20 to 40 mils in the next three days. So, um, yeah, it probably won't be fishable. So, I'll, yeah, I might change my options. We do have some smaller rivers around that flow into yep. it. So their options, because um, they take a lot less time to come back to fishable height. And hopefully they've um, stocked up with some cod after all this rain. Or otherwise I'll just go, I'll go out to Wangla and check yep. out there. But that's going to be pretty difficult as well because it's up over 100%. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be a bit of a tough, tough start, I think. So what's the... Um... What's the Macquarie like for someone who doesn't know that? Is it like a major sort of system? Is it, could you boat it or is it bank walk only? What, like what kind of style? No, bank, you go it's a, procession? up above Barrandong, it's only bank walking. The kayaks, kayak can be handy, but yeah, mainly bank walking. But then once yeah, you're right. down below Barrandong, that's when you can start putting a um, tinny in there and flying around. Yeah. So it's like an adventure. So you go on foot. So you park the car, walk on foot. Yeah. Yeah. Always just walk on foot. So plenty of k's under the in the legs but it's good fun you know as i said it's all pool water so it's just rapids it's kind of like a bigger big trout stream type thing so but, yeah yeah plenty of, it's sort of gorgy as well what do you think about the numbers do you think the fish will be right do you reckon they've all pushed up out of burundong and now we'll be living in the river because heaps died yeah we had some bad fish kills but um yeah i think that i think it'll be pretty it'll fish really well i'd say with having those really high flies, consistent high flies, especially through the last two springs, I'd say a lot of fish would have pushed up from Barrandong. And then I'd say a fair few would have survived through that drought yeah. as well. And they just went dormant for a while and, and they'll be back active and feeding again. You know, I went down once in winter. I think I talk, talked about in the last podcast, but I went down once and caught a few in winter and they were healthy as. So I, yeah. Think, yeah, I think through this summer, if we can get it to a a reasonable height it'll fish really well yeah right what's it what's the system sort of through their fish like come autumn is it still a good system in autumn or is summer the pick by a long way Normally, um yeah some good. well i like i haven't really done much on it in the last few years ever since like the drought but when i was younger yeah summer was always the time like that's when you get your numbers but once you get your first frost and that comes through in autumn that's when you'll traditionally get like your bigger fish in the river you, like it's kind of the same as everywhere your numbers will drop off but you'll start to get that better class of fish yeah but for yeah for getting numbers in summer like you just fish hard bodies and spin boats through the day and then as soon as you start to get a bit of shadow on the water you just chuck the surfaces on and it's, yeah pretty good fun isn't it surface is so much fun and it's been it's probably been a while it's been a long time since i've floated the section of the bidgee that i float religiously it's been 18 months or more since the last time we did that and I think it's just it's be good to get back on the rivers now with a bit of flow through them all yeah, once they settle that's... they've had the flow which is good for them and they've got to settle a bit so for people in sort of central New South just as a bit of advice for people going out for cod opening or even if they're going out to chase yellows what's probably the pick of the locations to be heading to sort of within a 200k radius of where you're based yeah um it's pretty yeah, tough, isn't it? It's tough because there's just so much water around. So, you know, the, a lot of the rivers are going to probably be unfishable. Um, the dams will still be fine, um, but they're all kind of full. So it's just going to be different to the last few years. Um, you know, Wyangles should be – it's going to be cool just to go out there and check it out at, at 100%. Um, 
But yeah, it's kind of like starting again when it's got that much water in it, so it might take a bit to work it out. Yeah. Uh, Windermere's always an option. The yellow belly fishing's still half decent out there, and it's only gone up a couple of percent, so it's, it hasn't really changed. Yeah. There's plenty of cod in there. Um, they're still on the edges, the yellows too, aren't they, because the water's not so hot yet? Yeah, no, they're still shallow as at the moment, so it was just a comp out there on the weekend, and they're all caught pretty shallow, you know, only sort of two, three metres of water. Yeah. How'd the comp go? Was it good comp overall? Because I know you attend most of them, and... Um, a lot of them you don't fish. Did you fish this one? or? Yeah, I fished this one. And how was it overall? Was it a good vibe even though the weather wasn't crash hot? I just talked to Hocko um, and he said it was great to go up there for his first trip and he really enjoyed the comp. So Yeah, we killed it. I think he came third or something, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is unreal for first time out there. But yeah, no, it was still a good vibe. Everyone's, yeah, everyone gets along with each other and it's always good to go to AYC comps. The fishing was different but you know some the people that got on them did really well but a lot of people sort of didn't catch on to the technique um including us we i think we come 12th or something but we didn't know everyone was getting on jerk baits and we'll just um we'll just use a lightly weighted plastics over the top of the weed but seemed like the jerk bait was the um the bait of the weekend anyway yeah isn't that interesting how something can just outfish something else and it could have been different two weeks ago yeah system yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, it's good to see, but something different. Like, you don't normally hear of big numbers of fish getting caught on jerk boats out there. Like, it's all like always phases going through there. Like the um, ZX forties and then the Transam shake was massive, but we couldn't get a fish out there the other day on a on a soft vibe shaking soft vibes. But yeah, maybe now yeah. the jerk boats might really come into play. Yeah, interesting. So, in terms of the cod, like you were just saying. Why angle is probably the pick, but it's marginal. But it should fish once it settles and it really warms up, say Christmas time or after. It should fire for the smaller cod, yeah. Like, yeah, I think it'll fish... still, yeah, it'll still fish good. It might just take a little bit to so much water there now. It might take a bit to work out where they are, like where the good congregations of fish are if they're up the rivers or in that basin. Yeah, you're just gonna have to, you have to cover a bit more water. It had a lot of water go through it, didn't it? Yeah, body oath. Um, so did they get more rain than you or did the Macquarie do you know what the flows were in the Macquarie pretty similar uh, so the really yeah what's going through the Macquarie is kind of similar to what the Abercrombie and the Lachlan had so those are the two rivers are going to Wangla so yeah. it's sort of getting double the water because it's got both of them whereas the Ma- yeah. it's only the Macquarie and then the Kajigong also goes into Baranong but it never has as much water going through it, the Kajigong. But yeah, so the Abercrombie and the Lachlan were kind of similar to the Macquarie the last sort of year and their flows. Right. So it was flowing big time. What's Barandong at? Do you know? Is um, it full? Yeah, no, I got to like 120% or something, I'm pretty sure. In that flow? Yeah, in the last, like, in the last week. Yeah, wow. So it's just too much water. So it really wasn't good timing and then we've got this bit of rain hitting us yeah now. now we've got more coming so yeah, yeah. interesting so, crazy so yeah in terms of fishing it's still well, it's always worth getting out but through that central new south by the sounds of it it's probably going to fish the toughest because i know up northern new south wales um it'll fish quite well because it's a lot warmer up there through our region um burn jack's gonna go mental i just talked to dan about it um the cod the yellows are super hard to catch but They've been catching cod as bycatch there flat out. 
Yeah, right, so it's fishing really well. Yeah, blaring's just always blaring. It never changes in terms of its fishing consistency. And then you're down south is probably going to fish better than through your area in Victoria. Um, they've had a fair bit of rain too, but not to the amount that you guys have had. Yeah. Yeah, right, mate. Well, hopefully you can get out and get onto some at some stage when you plan your trip, whenever that happens. Yeah, I'll definitely be getting out. I won't like if it. Can't fish a roll, probably just go to Wangler on the first. Oh, like I always fish the first of December, so I'll definitely yep. make the effort to get out there somewhere. But yeah, it's just sort of deciding where to go at the moment, just keeping an eye on the weather and, and river heights. So, say for example, if we miss the rain, if the rain misses somehow and the river drops reasonable, that'll be your pick. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'd prefer. We're originally going to do a three-day trip down the river, so that was the plan. But yeah, it's not looking great at the moment. It's good because. The rain is needed. We probably can stop now to a point. Yeah, no, it's not. A, it's not a bad thing. It's only going to make the system healthier. So yeah, in the long run. Yeah, we might be in for a good two to three, maybe even four years with this much water. Yeah, which would be Hopefully. awesome. Right, mate. I appreciate that. Thanks for your time, and yeah, good luck when you get out. And yeah, thanks heaps for sharing that info. No worries. Thanks for having us on, race. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it, mate. There you have it, guys. That was Jacko, and then previous to that, we had Jack Hocking from Lake Myler Sports Fishing, and we also had Dan Weber. And it was good to get three different opinions. You could see that uh, Dan was quite optimistic, or he had a lot of positive feedback on the area that we're in, southern New South Wales. So for Burr and Jack, we talked about blaring in our cod opening trip that we're going to do. Um, then we also had uh, Hocko on, where the, the fishing down that way is not too bad. Things should start to pick up, but uh, one thing we sort of slightly touched on through there but didn't really is Eildon. Eildon is well and truly worth a fish for those in Victoria. It's going to fish really well from cod opening onwards. It will be busy, but uh, yeah, you still want to get out there and give it a go. Even though cod opening doesn't matter, you can still go the day before. The, as the warmer water is coming through and things start to kick into gear, uh, Eildon will be a really good option. And then obviously through that central New South Wales region, they've had a lot more rain than the rest of us. Um so things are going to be a bit hit and miss. But I think that Y-Angler will be well and truly worth a crack. Um, once Jacko gets back out there and has his cod opening session, which he may end up doing, he will be writing a report inside the membership letting you know how he goes, what he finds and what's happening there. And I won't be surprised if quite a lot of smaller cod will start to show up. So that's um, yeah, it's definitely worth something to consider if you're up that way. Burundong 2 could be worth a crack, especially for the yellows. They'll continue to feed, which is really good to see. Now, I'm actually checking currently because I'm sitting in front of the computer. Now, while I was chatting to Jacko, I loaded it up. Now, earlier tonight, I actually just... Earlier on in this podcast while I was talking to Dan, I mentioned to him that uh, the barometer was going to be low for cod opening. Now, I actually checked that a few hours before sitting down with Dan and the pressure, when you guys look at the pressure in the forecast, and, and I do cover this in my weekly video inside the membership, but when you look at the pressure, it um, it can change quite a lot when you look more than a week out. So when you're looking a few days ahead, it's usually pretty accurate or even up to a week. But because we're still over a week away from cod opening, that pressure could change a bit. And I've actually just checked it and it does actually, that high that I said got split by the two lows, there was a big low that pushed through and it was going to be 1,005 when I just mentioned that to Dan. It's actually, I've just checked it and it's reloaded or they've refreshed or updated. That high actually hasn't broken. The low hasn't pushed it apart. So fingers crossed, we actually might have that high barometer for cod opening because it looks like with this updated, now we're getting closer to that Wednesday. 
it actually looks like it's actually held together that high. So actually going to have the high across probably Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which actually looks pretty good. So make sure you guys continually check it. Whether it's going to be high or low, I'm still going to go because I really want to get out there, enjoy drifting down a river, having a bit of fun. And if we catch a fish, it's a bonus. So whether it's 1,005 or 1,020, um, we're going to go either way, but I really would much prefer 1,020. Uh, my expectations would be a lot lower if um, it was at 1,005, but 1,020 looks good. So why will, for those of you who are members or if you're looking at becoming a member, I will be talking about the barometer in next week's weekly update, which will go up on the Tuesday, so the eve of cod opening, which will give you an extremely good detailed view of the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the weekend around the barometer and when you should be planning your trip. So I'll have more details out in that video coming up. But if you are planning a trip, and you need to plan it in advance, a week in advance. Things are looking up and looking pretty good from Wednesday onwards, fingers crossed with that barometer. There's patchy rain around in a lot of areas. Most of that is stormy, summer stormy stuff, which if yeah, if it doesn't rain too heavy in your area, you should be pretty safe. But um, other than that, it's looking pretty good. So that's why I just thought I would update you on that, that the pressure could change. And I know Dan and I just talked about the pressure being rubbish. Um, and it's changed already. So, yeah, so just remember it, things can change when it comes to weather looking this far out. But that's it for this little special cod opening podcast episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy this sort of a style episode, let me know. We might continue to do these ones when we're looking at specific dates or specific things coming up from a fishing aspect. Um, but coming up in future podcast episodes, we've got a few more interviews with different personalities, different people. Um, I'm going to get Hocko on for the next one, as you heard me talk about with him just then. He's going to be on for our next episode, and we're going to dive in and learn a little bit more about Jack and how he grew up because he really has a really good knack for catching fish. There's something about him. I don't know if it's just born into his blood or what the go is, but that fellow really knows how to catch fish, and it's probably a good thing he decided to become a fishing guide because that suits him down to the ground. So we're going to talk about him as a fishing guide, how he got into that, how it all started, and how fishing started for him growing up down on the Murray River, which when it comes to cod, there probably couldn't be too many better places where you could grow up learning how to catch fish on the mighty Murray. So that'll be a good uh, podcast episode that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks' time and then we have a few more exciting ones. The one that will be coming up very soon uh, is a very special one I've been wanting to do for a while and I'm very excited to share that one with you but you will have to stay tuned. It should be out in the January period. But uh, that is it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. Please, if you enjoyed it or if you enjoy any of the episodes, leave a rating and a review on the Apple Podcasts app or take a screenshot of the podcast app you are listening to this on. Tag me on your Instagram story. Tag Jacko, Dan, and Hocko and let us know that you were listening to this episode. We'd love to know if you enjoyed it and if you listened to it. Anyway, guys, that's enough from me. I'll be talking to you in next episode in a couple of weeks. And you've been listening to the Social Fishing Podcast.